Hey, it's Pete. A familiar voice, hopefully. Uh, anyway, I want to take a quick moment to highlight the amazing work of the team here at Your Money Line. A few years ago, we noticed this weird, nasty trend that people had financial questions, they had challenges, they had this missing piece to their financial puzzle, and they weren't getting the answers. So then they get stuck, they get paralyzed, and they wouldn't take action, and their financial life would meander and loiter in a bad place. So that's why we created this place. Uh, we have an employee benefit company, and it's called Your Money Line, and that's what it does. We help companies succeed by improving the financial lives of their most valuable asset. Not their break room, their employees. Everything we talk about is confidential. And you get access to a certified financial expert to get all your money questions answered, big or small. That's your money line. So bring your money line to your company. Check us out at yourmoneyline.com or any of the social networks you happened to deal with on a regular basis. Good day to you. You're listening to Pete the Planner. This week on The Pete the Planner Show, we answer your money questions. That's how the show works. Yeah, it's a radio show in which you need to email us. And then a couple days later, we have a show and we answer your question verbally on the radio. And if you happen to be listening, you're pleased. If you have to catch it on our podcast, wherever podcasts are downloaded, then you are pleased later. If you never get around to hearing the answer to your question, you will go bankrupt and you will blame us for our inaction. When I say us, I mean me, Peter Dunn, Peter Nicholas Dunn, and Damien Andrew Dunn. No relation. Seriously, no relation. Damien joins me now. Dame, I've had a lot of coffee today. It, it shows. You're doing great. Dame, our first question is from a regular listener. Do you know how I know this, Dame? Because it starts, good day. Oh, my God. It's fantastic. Uh, oh, it's so good. For starters, thank you, Pete and Damien, for the wisdom you spew on the podcast. Interesting mm -hmm. verb. Spew. Interesting verb. We are hoping to get your opinions on how things are looking. We live in the San Francisco Bay Area. You know what that means, Dame? <laughs> Oakland. You know what? Here's the thing. I was in Oakland this week. No one cares. Uh, but we certainly do not intend on retiring anywhere nearby. Our plan is to spend our golden years in a more affordable area. Anywhere is a more affordable area. <laughs> like, like <laughs> anywhere in the world is a more affordable area. I am nearly 34 years old and my wife will soon be 32. We have three young children, ages four to nine. I work and my lovely wife stays home and cares for the house and kids. I like how this is structured, Dame. Yeah. I mean, not the dynamics of the relationship. I meant his writing. Well, continue. We have about $200,000 saved for retirement, which is in two Roth IRAs and one SEP IRA. Quick time out here, buddy. 34 and 32 years old, actually 33 and 32 years old, 200 saved for retirement. Dude. Yeah. In, in the Bay Area, no less. Yeah, Oakland. Yeah, Oakland. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah, they're doing some work. Here's the thing, though. If they said they were staying in the Bay Area in their golden years. Not impressive. Actually, still impressive, yeah. but unimpactful. Correct. For the last few years, we've averaged about $24,000 a year in contributions, which is just shy of 15% of pre-tax income. We have no debt. We rent our home. Of course they do. And we have an emergency fund separate from the savings mentioned above. Where is the savings mentioned above? Did he say? Oh, it's separate from the $200,000. We are saving for the kids, college, weddings, et cetera, 
in a brokerage account, which is not part of the $200,000. Can they, can this guy, can he do the show? I'm Wouldn't it be better if he was the host of this show. I'm going to send him an email later and see if, uh, uh, if he'd like to join the team. Oh my gosh. Uh, we're hoping to have about $120,000 a year in today's dollars in retirement, by the way, another time. How many time do I get three per segment? Uh, two fulls and, and, uh, one twenty. I'll take my 20 here. Uh, he's definitely on pace for that. Right. I mean, I don't have to run the numbers, but I can look at them and know, uh, are we on good track to reach this goal? Honestly, if we turn down the lifestyle, we could afford to contribute more to retirement. If you think it's necessary, thanks. I'm not going to give the guy's name because it seems distinctive enough that I don't know. Oh, he's got an interesting email address too. Now I want to know what he does. Oh, I'm totally Googling this guy. <laughs> All right. So Dame, this is a well-structured, purposeful financial life. And some may look at this Dame and they may say, oh, it must be hard. <laughs> but you know what? They still make good decisions around this. I see people who could do this, but don't because they yeah. likely have the same income as this fella. Yeah. Yeah, not only is he making good decisions, but there is an amount of sacrifice that comes along with those good decisions. So it's it's well-rounded uh, what he and his his wife are accomplishing at this point. And my favorite part of this whole scenario, oh. not only are they crushing it, but they're going to move to a more advantageous location in the future. So uh, that income that they are sh- shooting for uh, in retirement is going to feel probably very close to what they're spending right now. Sometimes we don't talk about that enough. This idea that if you live in an expensive area and you sort of uh, take the income from that area, even if you're renting, you can make it all make sense by getting the heck out of there someday and enjoying the fruits of your labor elsewhere where they are less expensive. Yeah, it's a great strategy. Um, it seemed kind of you know crazy to me uh, when I was, you know, considerably younger you know why wouldn't you just want to stay where you're at and make it work but man it's so much more advantageous and gives you so many more opportunities to move to where your dollars allow you to live the lifestyle that you want and just make sure it's warm so people come visit you that's all that really needs to happen so i feel like i know everything i need to know about this uh, gentleman and his betrothed however there are two pieces of information if we are trying to make a perfect financial life Perfect yet realistic financial life. There are just two uh, I's to dot or T's to cross, and they come in the form of does he have the proper amount of life insurance and does he and his wife have, him and his wife, no one knows. Do this couple, do they have a will, right? I mean, these have got to be the dots on the I's. Yeah, those are the two things that stand out to me. Uh, Did he mention anything about college savings either? I believe he did. Let's look. We are saving for the kids' college, weddings, and et cetera okay. right. in a brokerage account, which, you know, college in a brokerage so, account. So we've got maybe a little nit to pick there. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah go ahead. I feel like if I do it, it's a conflict of interest. So <laughs> so what Mr. 529 doesn't want to say. Oh, oh, geez. Is it typically a 529 plan is going to be your preferred vehicle to save for college expenses? Uh, you're going to get some some great tax advantages for the money that you set aside. And I am not familiar enough with what California's plan offers, but there may actually be some state tax, uh, state income tax incentives to go along with that to benefit you now. So if you don't have 529s opened, uh, I would look into it and see if it might 
give you a little bit of extra benefit, uh, not only now, but in the future as well. So uh, Mr. 529, what else would you like to add to that? No, I'm not. I think that's perfect. I, I, I do want to play a little game and only the emailer himself can verify whether we are right or not. And, and sir, please email us to Dane. We're going to guess this guy's income. Okay. We're going to guess this guy's income. We each get a shot. I've got my number. Oh, you can, you can do a range, but the range has to be a $20,000 range. Okay. Are you ready to talk about what your guess is that this person's income is? is? This is tougher than you think, right? Because this is a Bay Area income, which we're not that familiar with. Okay. But we see the fruits of it. So, Dame, what do you got? 160 grand. Ooh. And so you have to give a range. Are you going 160 160 to 80 or are you going 140? 160 to 165. Oh, geez. All right. I'm going two bills. Okay. I think you make, oh, I regret it already. Yeah. Are we playing prices, right? Rules? Yeah. You yeah, always, then, play, I'm, you gotta, then, I'm, then I'm the winner. Uh, you can, you can pack it up, Pete. Okay. We're, to- we're talking total comp. All right. So this total includes. Total comp? What, your life and like health no, insurance? No, 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 no. Okay. I should, I should re- re- rewind a little bit. Uh, bonus and base oh. in commission. Yeah. Uh. Well, well sorry. I, I don't have the benefit of his email address. I don't know if it's a potential. I, I have no. Bonus. It just looks interesting, but I have no. I have no additional context that you do. I am, B- believe me. During the break, we're looking at. I am being cheated out of this contest right now. I can tell you. Here, by the way, here's what we're going to do. Uh, during the break, I'm going to look up what this person does. Then, we're. T- I'm, you're not on the next segment. I got Gold Star Gale on the next segment. I kicked you out. I don't want you involved with that. When we come back in the third segment, man, this is the ultimate tease. You and I, once we know what this person does, will be able to adjust our answers and validate whether we think we are correct. I love this game. This is the best game in the world. Fine. Happy birthday, Dame. What? I don't know. I just didn't want to miss it. All right. Uh, coming back after the break, uh, Gold Star Gale, member of the Your Money Line team, everyone's favorite person in the world. Gold Star Gale is on the show talking about something I don't remember. Uh, no offense to her. I just don't remember. I have too much coffee. And then Dame after that, and we're going to guess this guy's income. This is the Pete the Planner show. I'm so sorry. Back on the Pete the Planner show. Special guest joining us here from the Your Money Line team. Gold Star Gail joins us. Hello, Gail. Hi, Pete. How are you today? I'm good. I don't want to play favorites, but you are my favorite Gail in the oh. whole world. <laughs> That's a nice thing to say. You're my favorite Pete, too. Wow. Really? Um, yes. Okay. So we get questions from time to time. All day long, you're actually answering questions from people all over the country uh, with your money line. But today you join us on this illustrious radio show. And I choose the word illustrious because I could not think of a different word. Uh, And this question is about retirement. And I get the feeling, Gail, you get this question all the time. It's from a guy named Brandon. He says, uh, Dear Pete, I'm questioning how much from each paycheck I should be putting back in my retirement. Gail, that's, that's a question you get all the time, right? Oh, yes. We get this question a lot from people, all sorts of different ages, income levels. Mm-hmm. You know what is, is struck me uh, about this? And, you know, when Damien and I do this on a regular basis, we love to uh, dig apart the words that people uh, send us. I'm curious as if this struck you the same way. And when he said, I'm questioning how much from each paycheck, 
I think he's looking for a dollar amount, Gail. The answer, I mean, by the way, the answer is a percentage, but the way he structures the question, do you think he thinks a dollar amount will answer the question? I do. That, that struck me as well. He's like, like, should it be 100, 200? Not what, um, what percentage, like you said, it should be a percentage. You know, what's fascinating about this to me, you know, when people ask us a, a slightly different question that feels the same, they say, how much should I save for my kid's college education? That question is more easily answered with a dollar amount, whereas based on your level of income, as you try to attack the retirement program or problem, I should say, you can't answer it with a dollar amount. It has to be answered with a percentage. Right, because it's going to be based on how much you earn, how much money you need, and how old you are. And and that percentage is going to change as as you age and your income changes as well. I think people are shocked to learn for the first time that the average person should set aside for the long term between 12 to 14% of their annual income toward retirement in order to have a very healthy chance of successful retirement. And they're shocked to hear that, Gail, for several reasons. Number one, uh, they've never heard that before. But unfortunately, if they've heard it in their 30s or 40s or 50s, it is in fact no longer true because 12 to 14% won't cut it. Right. So if we can catch people when they're young and say, that's how much you have to save to ensure that your retirement's going to be solid, we're good. But often we don't get a chance to tell people this until they're much older. And then that number goes up. And and most people, unfortunately, think if they're just meeting the company match, that they're doing really, really great, which might be four or six percent. Um, and unfortunately, that's just not the case. I think I remember seeing earlier this year that the number was the average match in America. It's either, I should know this, I'm embarrassed. It's either 3.7 or 4.7%. So uh, if you think about in order to achieve the match, in most case, cases, you just have to put you, that same amount in for yourself. So, Gail, that is to say the average person is putting, a, what's my math, 7.4% mm-hmm. of their total income towards retirement. If it's 3.7 or if it's 4.7, what's that, 9.4? Yes. That's short of 12 uh, by my math. That's way short of 12. And then and then add to it, if they're not starting until they're in their 30s and 40s, then they're way behind that that dollar amount, that curve or that percentage amount rather. Um, so explains why so many people go into retirement short or they start to approach their 50s really worried about their retirement. I think this is doubly troublesome. And here's why. Number one, uh, the, the obvious, right? If, if you are in your 40s and you've never heard that you should do 12 to 14%, then all of a sudden you've got to find a way to do more than 12 to 14%. But why it's especially troublesome is because the 12 to 14% is such a shocking number to you. And I know that because you previously haven't done it. That's right. If, if it was so achievable, if it was so realistic, you would have already done it, but people don't do it. So not only do they have to grasp the idea that they need to do 18, 22%, but they weren't even comfortable doing 10. So how in the world realistically, when we give people this advice, are they able to follow through on it? Uh, it it's a big challenge. It's just like hitting a mountain and a big old, cl- you know, there's a big climb ahead of you. Um, I like to encourage people to find margin in their budget, to plan for as much as they can to put into retirement. And then we go through the whole process, Pete, of 
how much do you need? Well, a lot of that's going to vary on how much you spend. Uh, when people ask me how much do I need, it, my first question is I don't really know for sure because it's going to depend on how much you're going to spend when you're in retirement. So we start looking at ways to free up money, a lot of money, um, if they haven't saved previously for retirement. I think a lot of it is just uh, exercising that savings muscle, right? If if saving 50 bucks a month seems like a big deal to you, when your income goes up, uh, then 50 bucks will theoretically still feel like a big deal to you. It's it's the percentages that matter. Uh, you know, it always is shocking to me, but I get it when people ask the question, how much do I need to have saved for retirement? And again, they're looking for a dollar amount. But right. to your point, it's impossible to answer the question that way because, uh, you know, if I make $80,000, that doesn't mean I live on $80,000. Whereas other people who, you know, make $180,000 may live on $180,000. Right. And if you haven't saved up to this point and, and we run some numbers and we help them forecast if they're even what they're able to save and if they can really bump up their retirement, their retirement savings, um, they may not have, they may not have what they think they're going to need. So then we have to start doing some adjustments in how are you going to live your life in retirement or find other ways to bump up that retirement um, savings. But to your point, as far as the savings muscle, I think that's really important. People have to get used to saving. And then as you get increases or bonuses, don't absorb that, but save that right into your retirement. That whole idea of I'll deal with that later when I have more money to do it doesn't work for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's easier said than done. Number two, because that savings muscle has not been activated. It's, uh, that is so vitally important. That's why when, when people even get a job as a teenager, I want to see them put some money aside just to, just to get that going. I also think this uh, brings to the forefront the importance of getting a job with a really good match. I you think know? so too. Right. And and in, encouragement from the company to participate in, in your 401k. And hopefully when they're young, like you said, start putting money aside right away. Because time, time is on your side. That's what I try and tell our younger clients. Take advantage of it. Even if you're saving a little bit, the time is the best thing you have going when, when you're young. You know what's funny about that is when people hear time is on their side, that makes it seem like they have plenty of time to get started, but oh, that's the opposite of what it means. It is exactly the opposite. I, you know, just put it in there and let it work. <laughs> is there a song, Time is on Your Side or something too? Maybe, I don't know. I feel like it. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> I uh, you know, I got, a bu- I, I got a buddy who his employer... Um, they put in just a, a dump in and then a match equivalent to 15% of his income. Just one. And so one, yeah. One time a year. Wow. 15%. So, well, I mean, throughout the year, right. Okay. There, there's like a 5% dump in and then the rest is spread out. But if you think about that for a second, if, if the goal is between 12 to 14% of your total income and the company puts in the equivalent of 15%, if he were to put in 10%, he's at 25%. Yeah. I mean, even if he was 40 years old, he would be on track mm-hmm. for retirement. I mean, I, again, when people are choosing between jobs, I think they need to look more at what the match policy is because I think it would influence their decisions differently. I completely agree. 
Uh, it's really important. It's one of those benefits you need to pay attention to. All right, Gold Star Gale, everyone. Everyone's favorite Gale. Gale, uh, with a few seconds left, what are you looking forward to the most over the holiday season? Oh, just doing some home projects and doing some traveling. How about you? Oh, uh, uh, not working for a few minutes yes. would be great. That's great. So, all right, Gail, thanks to have you back. Of course, we'll see you next quarter. Uh, coming back after the break, more of the Pete the Planner Show. I'm Pete the Planner. Back on the Pete the Planner Show, Gold Star Gale, everybody. Damn, you love Gold Star Gale, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. People wonder why she has the name Gold Star Gale, because at your money line, when we answer a question, then the person we answer the question to uh, gets an email with the the details, the action plan of what they need to do to fix their financial life. And then there's this rating system at the bottom, uh, which you can say, how did it go? Did, Did I answer your question? I do a good job. No one gets more gold stars than Gold Star Gale. And that's why she's called Gold Star Gale. All she does is gold stars. Dame, in the time that you and I last spoke on this here radio uh, format, uh, you know, the break, something very bad has happened to me. Hmm, please tell. I believe I have been proven wrong. What? We guessed the emailer in the first segment's income. No, no. We, one, one of us guessed. Okay, we tried to guess, and one of us guessed correctly, and here's how we know who's right. The person said that $24,000 of contributions was 15% of their pre-tax income. And with just a little mathematics, it's $160,000. Yeah, it seems like somebody said $160,000. And yeah. I said $200,000. No, that's not it. But then we, <laughs> that's, that's not the number. Uh, but then we looked up what the person does for a living, which we're not going to talk about. Uh, really interesting. I I wish we could talk about it, but we don't. We are not in the business of outing people here on this show. No, we're not journalists. <laughs> okay, <laughs> uh, Dame. This is really a current event, but it also really ties into what we were talking about in the first segment. This idea of living somewhere cheaper as a strategy, because I, I feel like this is anecdotal. I have no data, nor do I ever. Uh, that people just live where they live and they don't say, I'm going to live here because it's cheap to live here. They they might live somewhere and then think, it's kind of cheap to live here. I'm going to stay here. But I don't think anyone moves anywhere because it's cheap. Do you agree with that? Yeah, totally. Yeah, you, you think, I want my family's here. No one says, my family's here, but I'm going to go somewhere else, even if I like my family, because it's cheaper to be there. I don't feel like that happens for a, a you know, a reasonable percentage of the population. Yeah, probably not reasonable, but there are definitely people I know that have said, hey, my family's here, which means I'm not going to be. Oh, that's... that's Merry that's Christmas, everybody. Faux show. Topeka, Kansas, or pronounced Topeka, will pay you up to $15,000, Dame, just to move there. A pilot program called Choose Topeka. Wasn't that the what was that what was that show? It was like a tween show when we were kids. Wasn't there a girl named Topeka? Topanga. Topanga. Her name was Topanga. I think so. I'm sure we'll get emails. A pilot program called Choose Topanga will match employer funds uh, put up for people who move to Topeka to live and work there for a year. 
City and Shawnee County Economic Development Groups announced this past week. The program will pay up to $10,000 to people who rent and $15,000, that's fitting, to those who purchase or rehabilitate a home, according to the news release from the Greater Topeka Partnership. Okay, Dame, um, we've we've been down this road before. I believe it was Cleveland or Detroit, uh, something of that effect. Yeah. Good sir, would you uproot your family? You were a, you were a remote co-worker of mine. I mean, it doesn't matter where you live for work. Now you've laid down the footprint of your life in northern Indiana for 15,000 American dollars. Would dad, Damian Andrew Dunn, move his family, your wife's not listening, move him to Topeka, Kansas for $15,000? The mic is yours. Um... That's an attractive offer. I got to seriously. No, no, it's not. I wouldn't. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. Keep going. I mean, I, I I like the, uh, I like what they're doing here, but I have no reason to move to Topeka. However, this is a really nice incentive for businesses who are trying to draw talent, uh, especially man, if you were a college graduate and you had an option to live in Topeka, basically rent free for a year while you were getting some experience. What, what's rent free? Where's the rent free? So you're going to get ten grand to people who rent. Oh well, no. Here's how I'm thinking about it. It's more math, Pete. I'm sorry. Wow. <laughs> Your performance review is next Friday. Yeah, I am not planning that really well. <laughs> wow. Here's the way I think of this. Uh, it, it's it's similar, right? I, I think first of all, I didn't think of the college angle because you're a genius and I'm not. But it, let's let's go with that. You pay off $10,000 student loans just like that. Yeah. I like that. Okay, let's do this a different way. A little game show. It's called How Much Would It Take? Uh, I'm the host, Bart Shrunken. And I I want to know, Damien Dunn, how much money would it take? This is a legitimate question for you to move your family to Topeka, Kansas. Mm. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna go up a scale. Would it take twenty thousand American dollars? More. Thirty-six thousand American dollars. Ooh. More. I, I mean, it's, it's oh, just I, I. You have to consider all of these things, including the possibility of divorce. For, wait, wait, wait for for one year. No, your life. That says one year. You get this money for one year, but you probably have to stay. It doesn't say that. Or do they think they're like free to lay? Like have one chip and can't quit. Just one year, man. We got you. No, there's no way, dude. There's no way. Hold on. Isn't that what it said? I'm looking. Right there. A pilot program called Choose Topanga will match employer funds put up for people who move to Topeka and live and work there for a year. That's it. There has to be a rub. The funds are available to 40 to 60 new residents in the program's initial run. Moving costs alone to move a one to two bedroom apartment can range from four to seven thousand dollars. What? Who? The, who has said that? You could refurnish your apartment and buy all new wardrobe for four to seven thousand dollars. That's a. I try not to say S T U P I D because my daughter listened to the show once and she yelled at me because we don't say that word. Um, fifty thousand dollars. One oh one year thirty six thousand dollars for one year. Nope. Fifty thousand dollars for probably, really probably. Wow. I mean, I mean, I the mileage reimbursement would get pretty steep for the office, but that's true. 
$50,000, you would move to Topeka. I would consider it for one year. Oh. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even have to sell my house. Here's the weird thing though. And this, this is, I don't, what's it really matter? You're not, you are participating in their local economy via spending money. But other than that, you're not really, take it easy here. You're not bringing your brain power to Topeka because your brain power is coming back to Indianapolis. Yeah, I'd never have to leave the apartment, essentially. Just get some uh, groceries delivered and uh, yeah, call it good. We could really turn up the heat here and say, how much would it cost for you to move to Topeka by yourself and leave <laughs> your family in northern Indiana? Do you want to do this? And then what I can do is I can send the audio. Directly to, to your, my wife's attorney? To your, to your wife's attorney. Dame, how much to leave your family? And move to Kansas. How much? We there start is, the bidding at, well, I'll start. This is my game show. $2,500. <laughs> Would you do it for $2,500? Hard pass. Okay. Let's move on. That's interesting. Do you think program, like how, how does an, how does a city, a municipality figure out that this is a good idea or that this worked? Like it's a good idea is a different topic, but how do we know if it worked? How do they uh, measure that? There are consultants involved here. There have to be. Can you imagine how much they're getting paid? Uh, more than the guy in the first segment. I don't really have a lot of appendices. Uh, <laughs> 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 Opinions about organizations like McKinsey. Uh, that was what I was going to say. And there are appendices. But you wonder if like those you know, highbrow consultants come in and they're like, yeah, you know what you need to do is you need to buy residents. Yeah, 40 I, to 60 new residents. So what's the, what's the, yeah, what's do the, the math, math on that? I can't. So if, if they all rent, it's going to be what? 400, at least a 400 grand. No, more than that. No, I said 40 to 60 residents. Oh, yeah. So if it was only know. 40 at 10 yeah. grand. Oh, the segment's over. Hey, Dan, we got to stop talking coming up after the break. Biggest waste of money of the week and more of my appendices. <laughs> you like that? It's pretty good. Right here on the Pete the Planner Show on the Pete the Planner Radio Empire. This week's biggest waste of money of the week right here on the Pete the Planner Show is Magic Spoon Cereal. Among the sacrifices that sacrifices <laughs> made by those looking to eat healthier abandoning cereal is near the top of the list for many time out i that's not true abandoning cereal if you want to eat better okay look i have tried to eat better hundreds of times <laughs> <laughs> and i can tell you i've never gone well can't have cereal i, I it's always well got to cut down on this week's bacon or Maybe I shouldn't consume a handle of whiskey or I probably shouldn't go much further, but there are lots of things. Can't have a bagel and cream cheese. Can't enjoy this baguette. How, Cannot have a steak. How many? What? what? How many boxes I, of cereal do you have in your house? One. And it's, we don't have. Okay. So you've essentially okay. abandoned cereal. Oh, I've abandoned cereal, but it's not because of healthy eating. It's because oh. I don't want to eat cereal. Oh. Okay. Whatever. Continue. With Magic Spoon, it doesn't need to be this way. They've reimagined your favorite childhood cereals into high-protein, zero-sugar, guilt-free daily indulgences. Time out. Dame, I don't want my childhood cereals other than 
arguably Fruity Pebbles really? and Cocoa Pebbles. I, man, I, I, uh, Your palate hasn't changed? Oh, it has, but I Frosted Flakes are still good, man. Did when you were a kid? Did you ever though? Was it lick of sticks or whatever? You, like like the powder and the pouch, and then that nasty spoon thing that you'd no, suck on. No, this they, got they were like pixie sticks. No, the lick of sticks. Lick a this. I'm going to abandon ship on that yeah. whole thing. Let's continue. Oh boy, each 110 calorie bowl has just three grams of net carbs, zero gluten, zero grains, and nothing artificial. Take your pick from blueberry, frosted, fruity, or cocoa flavors, or grab a variety pack and try them all. Okay, $39 for magic cereal. Okay, I have so many. This is a giant waste of money, Damien. Entirely. Look, if I want to, if I want to have kids cereal, I'm not going to buy forty dollars cereal. I'm just going to have some kids cereal and get on the stairmaster. Yeah, I don't have a stairmaster. No, <laughs> I don't. I just want everyone to know I don't have a stairmaster. But if I did, I'd get on it. Yeah. No, I. If if you want kids cereal, go have kids cereal. Don't try and fool yourself that trick. As uh, Rocky in Rocky and Bullwinkle said, if we're going with kids references, that trick never works. Rocky says that? Yeah, didn't he? When he was, uh, hey, Rocky, watch me pull over. Oh, he goes, oh, again? Oh, maybe he doesn't say that trick never works. I don't know. You just, you cannot pin quotes to animated squirrels that didn't say it. It's against our journalistic standard. I'm going to have to apologize publicly for you. Look for our apology below the fold. Okay, I feel like Gold Star Gale is passive-aggressively sending current events articles in. Because this one is, and it's uh, how busyness leads to bad decisions. Do you think she took my segment from last week in which I said, I just like to have a professional do the job because I'm busy and I don't want to worry about it, even if it costs me money, despite the fact that my thoughts were validated by a Twitterer? Oh, well. Do you feel like Gold Star Gale, you know, uh, one of the foremost financial experts in the world do you think she is actually throwing shade at me i mean twitter is known for its intelligence and insight i can't believe you're questioning that man's intelligence he was right you build your network that was my point i agree with him agreeing with me hmm. again well, let's tw- twitter wins all right so oh this article i just want the major points to it. it's written so poorly oh boy Here's the thing. This article says that. I don't have any data from you. It was written by BBC Work Life. Oh, so it's in English. Oh, here's a good one. The FTC settled against, has a settlement against University of Phoenix, a $191 million judgment, which a lot of it is $141. So it's debt forgiveness for students who went to the incredibly overpriced University of Phoenix, $141 million in debt forgiveness. That's like six students who got degrees from the (laughs) University of Phoenix. Uh, Man, I don't feel like we've talked in the last couple of years about how awful those for-profit higher ed institutions were and how damaging they were to people's financial life. People who were just trying to better their lives. That grinded my gears for a very long time. Still kind of does. Yeah, I... (laughs) If you were if you were one of those people who got a degree from a for profit, uh, do you put that on your resume? 
I mean, you kind of have to because you, you got a degree, but. That's interesting. That's a really interesting question. Do you, I think, you know, I think sometimes people put too much stuff on their resume and just in general, it's like, yeah, I worked here for a month and a half. It's like, yeah, I'd probably leave that off. You know? Yeah, yeah for sure. I don't know. This is I'm not trying to besmirch somebody's uh, academic achievements by any stretch, but. Yeah, you're not indict. It's not an indictment of them. No. It's an indictment of the university. Yes. Yet it could come back to indict those people. Mm, interesting, Dame. I did want to mention a uh, current event hitting a little close to home. This week it was announced that Celadon, local to Indianapolis, uh, trucking company, and by local I mean four thousand employees nationwide, is out of business. Bankruptcy uh, reported massive fraud in the higher ups. And so we've decided here at your money line to work with the city of Indianapolis mayor's office, a coalition of uh, organizations trying to support those that lost their jobs. Damien, that feels like almost every week on this show over the last few weeks, we have talked about job loss around the holidays. And this is a cruel twist to it that these folks uh, not only lost their job, I, I don't, I'm not sure they will get even another paycheck it's called into question that their health insurance is essentially over and they may, from what I understand, not even have access to COBRA. So it is a nightmare. And so if for some reason you are a Celadon, former Celadon worker, or you know a Celadon worker and uh, you're trying to do your best to help, again, we're working with a coalition of people. You can email us. We set up a special email address for you and uh, we are going to help you through this, uh, of course, at no charge. Um, through the end of March, we will help counsel you financially. We have nothing to sell. This is not a catch or a come on or anything like that. The email address is Celadon. You know how to spell your company's name, so I'm not going to spell it. At PeteThePlanner.com. That's Celadon at PeteThePlanner.com. We will get this uh, get through this together. Damien, you and your team have already talked to some folks, and uh, this is not a good situation, man. No. Uh <laughs> Like you said, it seems like we've we've been coming back to this topic over the last couple of weeks, and uh, who would have guessed that we would have had something of this scope happen uh, during this time period of the year? Just not what we were were planning on. However, as uncomfortable as it is, there is a number of good. There is a number. There, I, I don't know. Nobody knows. There's a great number of uh, organizations that are coming together to help those that are uh, dislocated by this happening. So I, things are tough, but there are people who are working to uh, benefit you and make this transition to your next job as smooth as possible. So uh, contact us, contact employee in the uh, work one, there's going to be an event coming up uh, that you could, uh, that you can attend to get more information. Uh, and we are going to do everything we can to, to smooth the transition from uh, now into to wherever you're headed. I do like to find the silver lining uh, in these things. And uh, in this case, there, there's a piece that the community comes together, the different organizations from a reemployment perspective and uh, all sorts of organizations can come together to help these folks. And I, and I will say with a few seconds we have left here, the takeaway for people not in this situation is that if you work for a publicly traded company, think twice about having a significant or even a moderate amount of your retirement plan tied up in company stock. Because when that happens and then something bad happens, not only is your present 
in trouble, but your future can be too. Dame, that's all we have time for this week. I think we're doing a show next week. We still have a show, so that's good. Uh, thanks for your contribution, good sir. Well, thank you, Pete. Thanks to good star, gold star Gale. Uh, sending you good vibes because good vibes are all that we have in the budget. I'm Pete the Planner, and this is the show. And then do-